Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are at episode 67. I'm your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Dapuma, and our senior contributor, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge. Fellas, welcome into the podcast. Let's go! I, yo, I, I'm just speaking for myself a little bit. I just came back from a, a day of hell at the at the office, leaving with like 130 emails in the inbox. So um, the whiskey is a flowing, and uh, I'm happy to be with my boys to talk about anything besides work and talk about football with y'all. So this is a little bit of uh, group therapy for me. Uh, Burge, how is life treating you up in the Great White North, a.k.a. New Hampshire, a.k.a. living the dream, working at Bedford? This has become my favorite night of the week since you guys brought me on every week. Um, granted, uh, I'm a big Patriots fan, as everybody knows, and no! every week I need this group therapy after watching <laughs> my team fall from grace. Well, I mean, I, you know, it just sucks. Well, Birch, hold that thought because let me give the people a quick rundown of the podcast and then we'll jump right into the Patriots, right? So episode 67 is jam-packed, wall-to-wall football coverage, okay? We've got the Patriots. We're going to talk about how they barely squeaked out a win against the 0-9 Jets last night. We'll talk about some of the young and up-and-coming quarterbacks in the NFL. We'll talk about AFC-NFC playoff predictors uh, predictions. And then we'll jump into next week's marquee game, which is going to include Indianapolis versus Tennessee, Buffalo versus Arizona, the Chargers versus the, the Dolphins, Seattle versus Los Angeles Rams, and Baltimore Ravens versus New England Patriots. And then we're going to round out the podcast with a take it to the bank parlay, as we like to do, which hit for the first week that it was live, and then both pew, pew, pew. <laughs> So quite a bit to get to, quite a bit of a packed podcast. Just a little bit. Now, before we get to the Patriots, do we need to do like a, an AA intro? Like, hi, my name is Burge. Hi, Burge. <laughs> I have a problem. What's your problem? I'm a Easy. Patriots fan. You are stronger than the things that are trying to control you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know, uh... are, we, are we okay, Burge? Like, do we need to take the sharp objects away from you? You know, make sure <laughs> hey. you're not near a high place in a window. Well, listen, listen uh, before the end, uh, so before we get to that, the, the New England Patriots lost. Uh, I'm sorry, they won last night. I, they they so, might as well have lost. So con- they I'm might so as well used, lost. I'm so used to saying losing for the Patriots this year that it just came out naturally. But the New England Patriots last night on Monday Night Football beat the New York Jets. We're now 3-5, and five, and the New York Jets are 0-9. The final score was 30-27. But I tell you what, for most of the game, the Jets look like they were the, 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 prime, the prime team, right? And, and before the half, before the half, when the Patriots let the Jets go up, go down the field in 30 seconds and get a touchdown, I lost my shit. I, I was so furious. I, I was absolutely insanely mad. But, Burge, let me turn it over to you, sir. Let's get your, your analysis of this game because I know you're chomping to go at the bits. Let's go. We won a game. It only took four weeks between wins for this New England Patriots team. Look, I was like you, Jay. I was in agony watching that game last night. It was it was tough to watch at, at a few points. I called the game over. They're, they're really going to lose to this winless Jets team. But lo and behold, Nick Folk comes in. I'm standing in front of my TV like a playoff game, and I'm celebrating <laughs> like they just went to the Super Bowl. All right. Look, they won the game. 
I'm very happy that they won the game because I am not of the tank for Trevor uh, mindset with this team. I want them to be, show up and I want them to compete. And I, and of all years, 2020, I want this team to just give me something to root for during the football season because it's been so long since we've actually had to uh, not pay attention to a football season, like to the point where, you know, you're not Super Bowl or bust every year. Now, the fact that they won, yes, I'm happy, but boy, oh boy, were there some things that I did not like. What is up with Therese Hall? Any, have you guys heard of Therese Hall? Uh, before no, last I night? That tells, that, I think that tells me everything I need to know about Therese Hall. Who's, who's, Look, who's this T. Zizzle Hall? He is who's a linebacker Hall? elevated from the practice squad to play in this game for the Patriots because Jawan Bentley was out. Hmm. The guy played 30 snaps in this game on defense. Josh Uche, who they spent a second rounder on, Anthony Jennings, who they spent a third rounder on, played a combined total of 11 snaps on defense. What the what the hell is up with that? Mm. <laughs> like you you spend these picks on these players to come out and make an impact, and Josh Uche looked good last week. Why are they not playing? I don't think there was any injury uh, with with them with them two at all, and they're not playing. It also, a second the second round pick, the first pick of the draft for the Patriots in 2020, Kyle Duggar played four snaps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that's I a recipe like that. for disaster. And and I was uh, I was a Duggar mark in the NFL draft. I, I actually liked that pick uh, by the Pats for Kyle Duggar. Uh, I I I was kind of as shocked as you were that he didn't play as much yesterday, Burge. And you know, after they drafted him, I mean, I had never heard of him. I honestly didn't even know who he was before the draft because I really didn't pay all that much attention this year. But after seeing the pick and seeing like what he was, like he's a perfect fit for this team. He's like he's like a, he's like a better Patrick Chung. Hopefully, a better Patrick Chung. You know, he's got that build. He's a he's a big he's a big safety. Now, the fact that they're not playing these kids, you know, it, given the struggles of the defense, really, really, really grinds my gears. I don't know. And, you know, it showed, too. I mean, you look at you look at this team. The team was gashed in the passing game yesterday. The strength of the defense, the Patriots defense is the secondary. They were gashed. J.C. Jackson was awful, despite having that interception that whatever. He was, was awful. He gave <laughs> exactly, exactly. He was awful, and Jason McCourty was a dud as well last night. Mm -hmm. The fact that they let Joe Flacco, who looked like Joe Montana, come out and just throw all over them, including going down the the field and, like Jay said, in three plays in the last 30 seconds of the half, is a joke. That if this team is going to do anything good, they need the strength of that defense to really carry them, and it was not there yesterday. Now, I can only hope that this was an anomaly for this for this secondary, maybe playing down to the competition, but, man, they need to step it up. Considering how bad they are against the run, they, they need to be the strength of that team. And we're saying that, like, they were bad against the run, and that offense, or at least for the Jets, it took a turn south a little bit when Makai Becton was out because mm -hmm. they were kind of having their way in the trenches. Uh, Michael yep. P. Ryan was having his way. Old man Frank Gore, I mean, he is kind of the embodiment of, like, 2020 in the election. Like, he's never going to die. Um, yep. <laughs> he he was having himself a day on the ground, too. And even without Makai Becton in the lineup, they were still able to move the ball on the ground. I kind of liked what I saw out of the Michael P. Ryan, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, a lot of the talk this morning, I was kind of listening to sports radio up in, up in the New England area and some hot takes that people were talking about on national media, talking about how Cam bounced back and Cam looked great. And <laughs> oh it's God. like, okay, like how much of it was Cam grasping the offense and how much of it was Cam just running into a, a brutal defense that 
let's be honest, they probably would have won that game if, one, the Jets weren't actively trying to lose, and two, if they didn't have costly penalties like the the helmet-to-helmet hit on Cam Newton on third down on that last drive, or uh, I think it was, what was it, 12 men on the field, which was like a blatant, you know, let's tank for Trevor on the field goal type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there really wasn't a whole lot to take away from this offense, except like, you know, Jacoby Myers is like a, a guy with the pulse in the offense. I liked him in preseason last year, but I, I haven't seen enough to feel confidence in this offense if I'm a Pats fan. Look, go ahead, Jay. All right, so, yes, we did win. <laughs> yes, we did win. But the question is, did we really win, <laughs> right? Because from what, the way I sit and the way I saw that game last night, I saw two bad teams trying to give it away. I saw the New York Jets for three quarters absolutely look like they were going to win this game. They're up by 10 points. And then, you know, when it came down to it, I feel like the call was made from the uh, the owner's box, the GM's box down saying, nah, we're not going to win this game, right? Because for most of the game, you know, Joe Flacco looked absolutely unbeatable. And I could not believe that this Patriots team made him look that good, especially this defense. And, and I think my biggest concern with this defense is, man, and this has been happening all year long, and this actually started somewhat in the middle of last year as well. There's just like no heart there's like no like Patriot way anymore on that defense, right? I tweeted last night. I feel like expats like, you know, Seymour and Bruski and Rodney Harrison were like, you know, essentially like rolling their eyes and thinking, what the hell did we leave? Like, that's not what the Patriot way is. And, and I think on the offensive side, yes, we look competent, but I feel like that's the ceiling for that Patriots offense. I feel like they can't play any better than that. Like, that's how we're going to have to win games is run it as much as possible and try to get Cam a couple of looks here and there, try to give him some easy throws, get him to rhythm. But I feel like last night that offense played at its peak performance. I mean, I liked what I saw out of the offense. It was this 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 game, I pegged it as a confidence-building opportunity for the entire team, especially the offense and Cam Newton. I thought that they they performed well. I mean, obviously, you know, you have to take into consideration you're playing the winless Jets with their defense where I don't think I knew one person before the game on that defense. Mm-hmm. So I liked what I saw. Cam, And they didn't really have Cam run the ball all that often outside of the touchdown runs. So, like, they didn't really they, – they, they had him out there throwing the ball. And, boy, when he throws the ball, I hold my breath. Like, it just doesn't doesn't look comfortable to him. He's a Phil, and, Phillip Rivers of the AFC East. I mean, there were a couple of ducks yeah. that were flying around last night. You know, it, it, it makes me it makes me squirm watching him. Like, it looks like he's throwing everything he has into these throws, and they're not even really going that far. Myers Myers looked great last night. I mean, he killed my fantasy team. You know, I needed to hold him. I needed him to be under seventy yards receiving, and boy, did that get blown out of the water last night. But you know. I draw the conclusion uh, from this game last night is I'm always holding out hope that this team can pull one out of their ass and and steal a game going forward. But watching them play, it's like it's 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 agonizing. And yes, it felt great to get that win last night. But in that fashion, I wanted a blowout to to really make me feel better about this team. And I didn't get it. I had to wait to my playoff last minute field goal reaction to, to to get the win. And we don't feel good about that, right? I mean, just like you, I thought we were going to go in and coming off that win where, well, I'm sorry, that loss against the Bills where we were in it to the last second. 
you would think we would go in and actually just like annihilate the Jets. And by annihilate, I mean like 14 points with, which is big for this team, right? But yeah. I was just, I was just stunned at just how bad this team played. I was stunned at just how badly this this defense played as well. And and I think for every for for as much as we've shitted on Cam and this offense for the first part of the season, I think now this is more on the defense than on the offense, man. I think this defense is getting progressively worse, and the offense is actually making some strides here. I, I totally agree with you, and I think I think you and I will both and Puma too. You can chime in. I agree. I think that the strongest unit on this entire Patriots team is that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like and they they were winning battles last brutal. night. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you have some veterans on that line. They can run the ball. I mean, seeing Damian Harris get hurt last night really made me cringe because he's been a real. You know, one of the few bright spots on that offense the entire season. And if he if I don't I haven't seen any updates on his injury, but if that's gonna be an extended period of time, that's just a real bummer for this team. They he he was he's one of the few bright spots moving forward into next season that you can have from this offense. Well I think I think he if if he doesn't come back quickly and actually gives us some production, I think he might be killing himself with all these injuries, right? Because all of last oh, yeah. year he was hurt, beginning of this year he was hurt. He had two or three good games, and now he's hurt again. I mean, like, certain players just seem to tend to stay hurt, right? And that's something that I always say in the NFL. Your biggest, like, attribute is your availability to your team. I Oh, I think he was redshirted most of last year. I mean, that's I another so discussion, too. but I think they redshirted him. They always redshirt the running backs. They did it with back in the day with Shane Vereen and Steven Ridley. They did it with James White. Um, I this year, obviously, he was hurt early on. I mean, after that camp he had, he looked great in camp, and then he hurt his finger, and he was out for for you know extended period of time. Um, I'm not ready to, to write the obituary on Damian Harris yet because of his injuries, though. Oh no! Yeah, and, and on top of that, too, like, and on top of that, too, like, we've seen enough Sony Michelle that we know what we. And by we, like, a Patriots fan, I don't know why the fuck I'm saying we. Oh, but, okay. Easy. As, uh, he's, as, com- he's coming into the fold. But yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, we talk about the Pats enough, you know, here here we go. But, like, if we've seen enough of Sonny Michelle to know what he is, right? Like, I'm willing to take a flyer on Damian Harris with the injury history and risk compared to what I've seen with Sony because Sony ain't hitting the hole hard. He's not running in between the tackles. He's trying to bounce it outside when he was really drafted to be the power running, running back in, in this offense. And, you know, the James White was going to be the change of pace back, which he still is, and he's probably one of the best receiving running backs in the history of the NFL at this point. We've seen enough of Sonny Michel. I'm willing to live and die with what Damian Harris has for talent, plus, you know, a little the injury history at this point. You know, when you say that, too, Rex Burkhead looked phenomenal last night, too. Right, and he's like the unsung hero of that running back room. Like, mm-hmm. he's old faithful at this point. All right, well, listen, we'll, we'll circle back with the Patriots uh, later on the podcast when we do our predictions for next week as the Patriots take on the Baltimore Ravens. But let's move it on to some young quarterbacks that have wowed us so far. Mr. Puma, it looks like you want to get in on this, don't you? Yeah, so I was actually able to see a little bit of the, the, the football games in the main slate while I was at work on Sunday. And, you know, looking at, you know, the, the, the Buffalo Bills versus the Seahawks game, which cha-ching that leg of the uh, – you know, the uh, take it to the bank parlay hit, but like not even that, like Josh Allen had a day, I think he threw for like 415 yards and three touchdowns. And I believe he had one on the ground 
Kyler Murray lit it up on the ground. I think he had 100 rushing yards, and then he threw for 220 yards with three touchdowns, and then one on the ground. Justin Herbert has been balling since he got the starting job, courtesy of a really bad medical training staff member of the, the Los Angeles Chargers. And Joe Burrow, like, they were on a bye week, the Bengals, uh, but Joe Burrow has been lighting it up. I, I quietly call him Joey Covers because I think he's pretty decent against the spread this year. Um, Patrick Mahomes is Mahomes. Uh, they kind of ran into a speed bump this week against the Panthers. But long story short, if this is kind of the production we're going to get from the young quarterbacks of the NFL, man, it's it's a great time to be alive and be a football fan with, you know, how the offense is going, how they're airing everything out. And, you know, it, I, I loved everything that I saw. I'm, I'm a Josh Allen Mark. That's no, that's not, you know, news breaking information to you guys. But I mean, you know, Justin Herbert looks every bit of why he was drafted by the Los Angeles Chargers. And you could probably, if you had to redraft today, you might be able to make a really good claim that he could be the number one overall pick That's what instead I said. of Joe Burrow. That's what I said to, sorry to cut you off there, but I was talking to Burge about this uh, before you got on board. Like, I do believe Justin Herbert is playing at a better level than Joey Burrow right now, man. Yeah, and Joe Burrow, like, he looked... For all the talent and in everything that we've seen thus far from the from Joe Burrow on the Bengals, I mean, he behind that offensive line, man, he's about to be David Carr. You know what I mean? Like, there's no protection. He's getting ragdolled every single game. I mean, he has a great relationship with T. Higgins, but I mean, if they don't do something in the off season to protect this kid, like, what what was the point? You know what I mean? Like, what was the point of having him? be your franchise quarterback uh, if, you, if you're not going to protect the investment. And, you know, I, I, if, you had to redra- if you had to redraft right now, is it crazy to say, like, obviously Justin Herbert would probably go one, right? Now, like, at two, are we going, like, this Tua, have you seen enough of Tua through two games that he would be the number two quarterback off the board? Is it still Joe Burrow's spot? Like, where do you guys fit with how Joe Burrow compared to Tua looks right now? Oh, I'm I'm smashing I'm smashing Joe Burrow there at this point. You just at have a you, you have a larger you have a larger sample size there, and I think I think I think Joe Burrow is a stud. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in this league, like you said, if they can protect him. Um, that being said, Tua looks great too, and you know it's kind of nice. You know, the last three years or so, you're finally starting to see this next wave of 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 franchise quarterbacks coming into their own for for the longest time you'd see all these teams and they would just whiff they would just whiff on these quarterbacks early on and it would just set these franchises back i mean the the nfl has always had a bit of a coaching problem with the amount of turnover at all these positions with the uh with the coaching staffs of a lot of these teams that just can't seem to figure it out They've also had a little bit of a quarterback problem before that, and it's nice to really see that these these kids are starting to take their opportunities and really really capitalize on them. Yeah, yeah, and, and to piggyback on the coaching thing too, like I think a lot of that issue was coaches were trying to make that quarterback fit their system, and they weren't willing to adjust. And now we're seeing in the game that the college game, and, and Jay, you can attest to this probably. I mean, you're, you're as plugged into the college game as anybody that the college game elements of spreading everything out and running out of shotgun a a crap ton and making the quarterback feel at home in that offense 
is really turning the corner in, in the offensive game right now in the NFL. Because before it was always like, all right, you're a rookie. We're going to line you up under center. We're going to hand the ball off 30 times. We're going to keep the ball out of your hands for at least the first year or so until we establish trust with you in the practice. And, and, and we'll go from there. And I think we've seen a paradigm shift in the NFL. Like, Jay, would you agree to that? Like, is, yeah, listen, is, am I crazy? Today's, today's NFL resembles a lot more a lot more along lines with the college game than it did with the NFL 10 years ago right and I think what's happening is I think a lot of these you know coaches and front offices are under pressure to immediately validate their quarterback decision and how do you immediately validate the quarterback decision you plug in that offense he ran in college and I think you're seeing a lot of that into why the game is changing it's a lot more spread out it's not that typical eye formation run it three times and do play action you know it, there's a lot more mix of college in the NFL and a lot of it comes down to a lot of these uh, organizations justifying their their pick in the quarterback for sure yeah. so as a fan especially all three of us we're doing fantasy football Man, life is, life is good in the NFL at the quarterback position. So let's yeah. let's enjoy and this listen, wave while and, we have it. And moving forward, doing some forecasting for next year, I think Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to be dynamite hits. I think you're going to have that like a Joey Burrow, Justin Herbert situation next year as well because those guys are going to knock out of the ballpark. And then the next three, I, I'm not so confident on, but I do think they're going to be okay quarterbacks in the NFL. I think Zach Wilson uh, and then uh, Mac Jones um, and Trey Lance uh, are all going to be uh, players you want to keep an eye out on. Um, those guys are gonna eventually going to get, the, uh, get their chance in the NFL. They won't be like those week one starters that I think Fields or, or Lawrence could be. Um, but, but I think the, the future looks bright as well for, for the next year or so for, for quarterbacks coming out of college. Yeah, you know, it's great. Oh. It's great. I, I was going to say, I was just going to say, I mean, it's great that they, like I said before, that these teams are finally catering to these quarterbacks and, and putting them in positions to succeed. I mean, you go back after 2017, you go back at some of these quarterbacks that were drafted. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, you can take it as far back as uh, like Mariota and Winston. Like Winston has looked good, but like you don't get that same feeling out of those guys that were drafted early on that have come in played you know consistently for three four five years and now they're 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 relegated to backups and it's really nice to see this now because i really feel strongly that these these guys are going to be quarterbacks in the league as starters going forward for you know for for a while yeah let me ask you guys one question move off the subject um we all, I think, can agree that Patrick Mahomes is that guy, right? The the next guy under the age of 25 that's going to take this league by storm. But I think I want to ask, who's that second guy that's going to be vying for that spot? I mean, you know, I've been I've been saying this to both of you guys. Like, I love nothing more than big quarterback battles. I love that Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady rivalry or even before that, you know, some of the old guards duking it out. Who's going to be that that Peyton Manning to, to Patrick Mahomes? Bird, you got the floor. Oof. That's a tough one. Right? Um, right. Obviously, we're still. Er and while you're thinking about it, for a while there, I thought it was going to be Deshaun Watson. I don't see it in him. I thought it was going to be Lamar Jackson, but he's taking a big step back. So I'm starting to look around at some of the newer guard. Is it Kyler Murray? Is it going to be Justin Herbert? Is it going to be Joe Burrow? Who is it that's going to give Patrick Mahomes a run for his money? You know, you know, you you, you bring up Kyler Murray, and you know he was the first name that that came to my mind there. Mm -hmm. um, it's a bummer he's not in the same conference as 
as uh, as Patrick Mahomes, so we don't have to worry about seeing Mahomes in the Super Bowl all these times. But um, I, I think that that Cardinals team down there, and we'll get into it you know, with the matchup later, but I think that Cardinals team down there has something going for it right now with the talent on that offense, and, and same with the defense. they got a lot of playmakers down there. I really think that, that Kyler Murray can be that guy at the same time. I kind of hope it's Justin Herbert, so we can see that you know, you know this this oh uh, this matchup twice a year, right? Yep. Clash of the Titans yep. for sure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I, I mean. My pick too. I I really have high hopes for Justin Herbert, and I have fallen head over heels in love with this guy. The guy is big. The guy is strong. He's agile. He can move, and I think he has the mental fortitude to actually go up against Herbert. I mean, for God's sakes, when when you you know you're standing on a sideline just enjoying your time, and all of a sudden you're told, "Hey, in five minutes you're gonna start against the world." champion Kansas City Chiefs and you start against Patrick Mahomes like the guy held his own so I do think I do think Justin Herbert is going to be that guy cool and, and you know like to answer that question real quick Jay I, I mean air quote old guard which is what at this point over 27 years old or, or you know around 25 to 27 I, I would still say Deshaun Watson but if we're talking about the new guard that's coming in like I'm Burge I'm with you like give me Justin Herbert and Mahomes twice a year with the Chargers team that is hopefully in the future not going to find new ways to choke leads in games or find new ways to lose at the last minute. Um, I I like the I, I'm with EJ. I like what I've seen out of Justin Herbert. I, I wasn't that high on him in the draft. I'm fully ready to take that L. Um, so I'm, I'm here for Justin Herbert versus <clears throat> Mahomes for the next decade in the AFC West. And talking about young quarterbacks, real quick for, for you two Patriot guys. Us, now, I know it's a big if. It's a big if with Bill. But let's assume that they get a, a decent draft pick. Between, let's say between 12 to 10 to, to 15, okay? Which I guess is decent by Patriot standards at this point. And Trey Lance falls to you. Are you guys willing to pull the trigger mm-hmm. at him at quarterback at that point? Because mm-hmm. I kind of like mm-hmm. Trey Lance I as a like, dark horse. Listen, as a first rounder, I, I I think I think the the top of the the NFL draft next year is going to be one two is going to be Justin Herbert. I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, right? I think there's a significant drop-off from Justin Fields to Trey Lance, and I don't think Trey Lance is you know essentially. Uh, plug and play just yet. I don't think you can start from week one. I think you'll have to kind of have a one-year bridge gap guy if uh, the Patriots do end up drafting Trey Lance. But I do like Trey Lance. I like his physical makeup. I like uh, I like the, how how the ball explodes out of his arms, uh, out of his arm. And and I think he is probably the best out of that second crop of quarterbacks. He's better than Mac Jones and he's better than Zach Wilson. I'm not so high on Mac Jones out of Alabama. I think I think people want to make that comparison that he's the the Joey Burrow uh, of this upcoming. Class. Class, but I, I don't see that just yet. I want to see some more. But Trey Lance, give me him all day. I'm happy with that. Okay. Burge, how do you feel if you're taking Trey Lance? Would you take Trey Lance if you're Nick Casario slash Bill Belichick in the war room, assuming there's a war room and it's not the kitchen with the dog at the, di- at the dinner table? <laughs> Look, I'm not really plugged into the college game. I, you know, I, I'm really not plugged into that. I will just take this perspective on it. I don't foresee Bill Belichick taking a quarterback that high. Just okay. just based on based on how they they've operated the last 20 years, obviously, they've had Tom Brady. I just I don't I don't see him wanting to spend that high of an asset on 
a quarterback. And to be honest with you, I could see them trading the pick versus before they, they end up taking Lance. Um, that said, I would like to see them take a quarterback here. And, you know, Cam Newton has proven he's not the answer in New England um, long term. Everybody was calling for the extensions earlier. I was always apprehensive about it, and I'm glad I was. So I'll take the W on that one. <laughs> but um, I could, you know, if they're going to end up doing that, and, and, and Jay, like you said, if you, you, you believe that they need a stopgap um, for for Lance next year, Give me Jimmy Garoppolo for that stopgap. Uh, That's all I'm go. gonna say. That's where Stir I'm gonna end it. Stir in the pot, baby. Like, I, I truly believe Burge has some sort of like massive man crush on. <laughs> like I cannot speak to him without five minutes of him reminding me how much penis he has in his mouth of Jimmy Garoppolo's. Wow. <laughs> on that note, good people, let's uh, let's get to your let's get to your segment, Jay. It's, it's like. <laughs> You know, low rent, poor, uh, poor man's pretender versus contender. What what do we got at the dinner right, so table listen, today, we're, Jay? We're halfway through the NFL season, so I think it's time we rolled out the Pro Football Radio playoff predictor. Let's talk about the AFC first, and here's my seven teams that are going to make it into the playoffs. At the top, I had a hard time distinguishing between the Chiefs and the Steelers. Um, and I think I ultimately won with the Chiefs at 14-2 and two, and the Steelers at number two at 14-2 and two as well. I, I've seen some stuff out of the Steelers that I don't like. Um, their defense is great, but that offense, man, it's it's been very up and down the last few weeks. Um, there's, there's also some issues out of Big Ben and how just erratic he's been playing. He also had a little bit of an injury scare on, on Sunday, had to go out for a little bit. So I'm going to give the Steelers the number two, not the number two seed here. Uh, moving forward, I got the Tennessee Titans at number three at 11 and five. I got the Dolphins winning the AFC East at 11 and five. I've been, I've been, I've been letting Bird infiltrate my mind on who the Bills really are, and I think I got the Dolphins winning 11 and five. Um, I got the Ravens as the first wild card team getting in at 12 and four. I got the Bills at 10 and six at the number six spot, and then rounding it out at the number seven spot, I got the Raiders barely making it at nine and seven with the Colts and the Browns as the first two teams out. Thoughts. I, I, I want to buy the Steelers, and I'm, you know, I, I hate rooting for the Steelers, given you know the history with with my boys up here in New England. But I, I want to be that guy that's going to pick against Patrick Mahomes here. And don't ask me why. I have a hard time trying to back up my my gut instinct on this. But Andy Reid, I have a feeling will find a way to 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 botch to botch it enough. To where the Steelers will end up winning the How? conference. Where's that? Where's that? Where's that coming from? Like, I mean, we saw him win the championship last year. For God's sakes, I think that Andy Reid is going to botch up narrative. It's thrown out the window now. I mean, you can make an argument for that, yes, but like the dude still doesn't know how to manage the clock. Fact. Even though he won the Super Bowl last year, the guy still cannot manage the clock clock to save his life. And yes, he has Patrick Mahomes right now. Obviously, you know, balling out. He's Hands down, you know anybody in their lead, in their right mind would want him on their team to start their team at this point. Um, I just it, it it's it's more of a gut instinct for me, and I I wish I had more details to back it up, but I don't, and I I'll, okay. I'll defer. Well, we're all about duck. Uh, we're all about gut instincts on this show. So, Poon, what's your thoughts on my uh, I mean my top seven, especially your Dolphins winning the AFC East and getting so, a number four spot. So here's the thing. <laughs> 
the Dolphins winning the AFC East to me as the Dolphins fan is a, is a bridge too far. I, I just need to see a little bit. I need to see more out of Tua. Like we, we, his first week starting last week, he wasn't asked a whole lot because the defense carried all the weight. And this week he had to do, he had, he had to do uh, a, a lot more compared to the week prior, but he, you know, he looked good. He had mobility in the pocket. He, he was able to scramble. He broke Buda Baker's ankles on a, a quarterback, you know, scramble uh, to get a first down. I just, I just need to see more out of the body of work. Um, I, I have the dolphins at this point as a wild card team flip flop the dolphins with the bills. I still have the bills winning the AFC East. I, I think, I'm a believer in Josh Allen. I'm a huge mark for him. I like the team as a whole. I think they're probably one of the best constructed rosters in the NFL. Uh, they, you know, the record just shows that they were missing Tremaine Edmonds and a lot of that linebacking core the first couple of weeks because they were all dogged by injuries. But, I mean, they're a couple of third down stops away from beating the Chiefs. Um, but, Burge, I'm with you. And this was my psycho, you know, let's get nuts preseason pick i had the steelers winning the super bowl so give me the steelers uh in in this whole scenario right here even at the number two seed i think they could beat the chiefs with this defense uh the only issue with the steelers is they historically have played down to competition Mm -hmm. that's why the dallas cowboys game what on paper should have been a massive blowout and demolition of the AAF quarterback led, uh, what was it, Gilbert, Garrett mm-hmm. Gilbert, uh, helmed Dallas Cowboys. It, it was closer than what it should have been. Uh, but they always played down in the competition. So I, I still like the, the Steelers, though. Even though Big Ben is on the COVID list. Yes, he is. So that, so that might put a wrinkle in things this week. But I still like the Steelers right now. Uh, quickly, who do you guys got in the AFC Championship game? I think I'm going to go chalk here, Chiefs versus Steelers. I'm going Chiefs-Steelers. Give me the Steelers with a W, though. Mm-hmm. I got the Chiefs with W. Chiefs-Titans. Titans go to the Super Bowl. Let's go. Oh, plot twist. And moving on to the NFC side of things. Oh, don't tell me. Number one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Why would you say that? I'm not. Because, I'm a, because listen, they're... I'm an objective podcaster, oh, okay? okay? I have uh, two all right. years all right, of Walter Cronkite. professional okay. podcasting experience. Okay. Right? With that being said, I got the book. And... I'm just kidding. Look at that. Look <laughs> I'm at kidding. that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Relax. I'm kidding. So listen, at the top, at the tippy top of the NFC, I had to sit down and really think about it because I do think the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, and the Buccaneers are all very flawed. I think they haven't played great football the whole year. They've played two or three games, so you have great football, but then they'll have a crap performance. So with that being said, and I know this is bad timing, I think I got the Seahawks winning the NFC with the number one seed. Might not be the best time for it because it's got smoked up in Buffalo, and I'm hoping that's just a, a one-game thing. But I got the Seahawks at the number one seed at 13-3. and three. I got the Packers at 2-13-3 as well. Unfortunately, I got the Saints at number three at 12-4 and four just because at the end of the day, you've swept the Buccaneers. I don't think the Buccaneers have a chance of winning that division. I got the Eagles at 7-8-1 at the number four seed. I got the Buccaneers at the first team in 11 and 5. I got the Cardinals 10 and 6 and the Rams at 9 and 7. So I got three NFC West teams in the playoffs. And then I got the Bears, 49ers, and Vikings potentially looking in if the Vikings keep playing well as well. Hmm. Thoughts on that? 
Let that marinate. Let that sink in. And while you guys think about it, my NFC championship is going to be Seahawks versus Buccaneers. Buccaneers win, go to the Super Bowl, beat the Chiefs. Buccaneers uh, all the way. Please, vomit. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Look, I, I, I'm going to go with the Packers to win uh, the number one seed in wow. the NFC. I, uh, the, the Seahawks, I mean, they, they got decimated mm-hmm. by the Buffalo Bills this past week. And I think that defense is so flawed that it's going to end up killing, killing their chances uh, at a title this year. And that being said, I don't even have them to win a division in the NFC West. I got the Cardinals winning that division this year. I, I'm a huge believer in what they're doing down there. Talk about um, it. And, you know, Kyler Murray, he's the real deal in my eyes. I love the weapons they have on offense there with DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. Uh, the running back when, running backs when healthy, Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake are both starting NFL running backs in this league. Their defense with Patrick Peterson. Um, Thompson had a nice, uh, almost had a nice interception of uh, Tua this, uh, this past week. I was surprised it was called back. Um, Buda Baker, a huge fan of him. I just, I, the Seahawks defense is going to be their kryptonite. Uh, you know, I just, I, I don't see it. And also, Jay, I'm going to disagree with you in the NFC East. I'm going to, I'm going to, I like, I like Washington. And don't ask me, again, don't ask me why. I like Washington. I love the coach. I love somebody, the coach, and I'm sorry. Drink. What's this bike with? Is this bike with some PCP? The one time Burgess <laughs> drinks whiskey. The one time he drinks whiskey. Okay, okay. Just kidding. Look, you, you're a rum guy. It's fine. Look, I love Ron Rivera as a head coach, and I am not sold on the Eagles. I will never, ever support the Eagles after what they did to the Patriots in 2018 the Super Bowl. There we go. What I just think do? they're a trash team. I think they're a trash Belichick team. Is the one that didn't start Butler. Oh, that's a different topic. For a different oh, day, right. That's a whole other style. We, we don't. Go. We don't need to go there. There we go. Two-hour podcast, Joe Rogan and, style. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not going to rule out any of those four teams winning yeah, winning the but NFC yeah, East. So bad, yeah. But, but I think a great story seen, would be Danny Dimes. But have you seen Alex Smith and how bad he's looked? Like, he looks like he's 75%. And I get it. He's coming off of a horrendous injury with 17 surgeries. Brady lost his life. I get that. But he looks like he's 75% of who he is. Give him all the reps in practice going forward after That's... that nasty injury to Allen. Mm-hmm. Give him all the reps to get back into his groove. I mean, let's be honest. They don't really have to c- compete against much. That's so true. That's, that's true. Question is, is Alex Smith a marked man with all the injuries happening in the NFC East? I mean, we just saw Kyle Allen go down with a pretty gruesome-looking injury, and I was hoping it was just a, a strained muscle, but it was much worse than that as Tony Romo. No, it was a leg cramp. It was a leg cramp. <laughs> but I wonder if Alex Smith is sitting there thinking, shit, do I want to do this again? <laughs> no. Birch, I don't mind that pick of Washington because I'm a, I'm a Ron Rivera guy, and uh, I, I love me some Alex Smith. Um, my, my number one pick in the NFC, uh, I, I, God, I, I buried Drew Brees, but like, I got to go with the New Orleans Saints just because I, I like Marshawn Lattimore, even though I think he left Sunday night a little bit dinged up, but as a whole with the, the offensive weapons and Michael Thomas, it looks like he's playing nice with his friends. He's not punching anybody at practice. He's not chewing out a head coach. Uh, plus, Alvin Kamara is just a savage. Uh, I, I I like the New Orleans Saints coming out as the number one seed. 
Um, but man, if so, we're going so, to the NFC Championship game, give me see, give me Saints Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to be the Road Warriors this year because I'm with Burge. I like what the weapons they have. I like I like Kyler Murray running that offense and uh, you know the wide receivers DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, the running backs, Dancing Cliff finally being a little bit less conservative in the red zone. I think they're going to have to be the Road Warriors. They're going to go to the Super Bowl and face the Steelers and. We'll see what happens well, at that point. I think my problem with the Saints is I think they truly won their Super Bowl Sunday night because like I've never seen a team celebrate that much for a regular season win before. And maybe I'm overly sensitive to this because I've seen 20 years of Belichick and Brady never celebrate that much even when they win the Super Bowl. But like I, the amount of jubilation I saw for the next 19 hours after that game out of that mm-hmm. Steelers-Saints t- team was absolutely insane to me. It's like they won the Super Bowl and uh, that's just middle of the rest of the season. Like I, I don't know if their mindset's going to be there for the rest of the season with the amount of celebration I saw Sunday night. Well, I think because of, you know, everybody, everybody had Tampa Bay winning that game. Mm-hmm. Like you can go through oh, cold course, takes yeah, exposed. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And, and they just, I mean, they demoed that team. I mean, if it wasn't for Bruce Arians doing what Zach Taylor did two weeks ago and kick a field goal so they can at least walk off with air quote, a little bit of pride. So because they didn't get shut out. But I mean, the, the, the Buccaneers, I don't know what their excuse is now because I was giving them a pass against the the Giants because I'm like, all right, maybe they were looking ahead to Mm -hmm. the the New Orleans Saints game. Now what's the excuse? Like we're we're looking ahead to to what? Like what what game are we looking ahead to? Like we had to win this to at least stay alive to win the division at least. And I mean they look bad on all sides of the football and coaching wise. I'm not putting this all on Tom Brady but the offense was brutal. The coaching staff was brutal at all game. Nah. I think Bruce Arians is a fucking bona fide clown. Like, I, I truly believe <laughs> he's the reason why that team is not going to succeed. Because, my God, like, just the shit that he says in the media, like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand. Like, maybe maybe it strikes a nerve because it's Tom Brady for me. But, like, who the hell are you, nah. Bruce Arians? You piece of shit head coach that's never really wow. won anything. That's been one and two in your playoff career, and you've been lucky enough to have great quarterbacks throughout your career. And now all of a sudden, you pretend like you're some great quarterback whisperer. whisperer? Get the fuck out of here! You can't you can't control your team. Your team isn't disciplined, and now you're going out there and taking shots the greatest of all time. Get the fuck out of here, piece of shit. Well, I mean, look, a look, of look. I agree with with you puma on this that the saints and the cardinals are going to play in the nfc championship game and i think we saw with the buccaneers i mean the buccaneers i mean you can say what you want about the saints celebrating after that game last week this was a this was a playoff game for both of those teams fact and it's clear that the saints were ready to play that game and it's clear that the bucks were not Mm -hmm. and that off, I mean, uh, Brady looked, even Brady, I mean, Bruce Harris had a right to call Brady out from that game the other night. I'll Brady was awful, yeah. awful in that game. Then why wasn't he and, calling out his defense? Why was he the only one that Brady that he buried? No, that's fair. That's a, that's a fair, that's a fair criticism of the I coach. To, but I listened to that interview. He didn't call out the special teams or the coaching or the defense. It was just Brady. Why was that? Was it, is, this, is this is this some sort of inner struggle that Bruce Aarons is having right now with giving up power to his quarterback? Because at the end of the day, Antonio Brown was not supposed to be on a team from what Bruce Aarons said earlier on, but now he is. Is this him trying to measure his dick via the public opinion? No, I think. Is he that insecure? I think he's insecure. 
real quick, I, I think I think Bruce Arians might just be, and this is a this is a reach. I'm gonna admit, I'm probably hurting myself stretching here, but you'll you'll see this. Like Tom Brady will lay into people for less. We saw that on the Chicago Bears game, but mm-hmm. nobody was saying shit to Tom Brady on Sunday night for laying a fucking egg. I I think maybe Bruce Arians might have been speaking for the locker room, being the the silent majority. Speaking for the locker room. Damn. Yep. What is that? You're you're talking mutiny here. Like I'm not talking mutiny. I think it's just a little bit of pushback. You have Tom Brady laying into people all the time, but nobody was laying into laying into him on the sidelines. Uh, I was just waiting for one one shouting match with Mike Evans before Mike Evans cracked him in the jaw. You want me to bring you over some Viking with that hard reach and pulling you back there? Like what? No. I mean. No, I'm good. I got muscle relaxers in the medicine cabinet here. But, I mean, realistically, I don't think it's that far off from reality. Like, nobody else. Yes, it is like, very he'll... off from reality. Why? Why, Jay? Why? Because he dodges people saying, all the time, but you're... nobody has the stones to stand up to, 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 to Tom Brady when he's sucking ass on primetime in a game that they need to win to get the NFC South and to start cruising towards a first-round playoff by, and they laid an egg in primetime, and nobody knows what the excuse is this time because we all gave him a pass against the Giants. What are they looking ahead to? Why did they lay an egg? I get it, Antonio Brown was there, but the rest of the offense ah, was there. there you go. had Chris Godwin there. You only ran the ball four times, and granted, that's on the coaching staff. But a couple of times, some of those passes, they were behind wide receivers. If he hits if he hits Gronkowski in stride in the end zone, that's a touchdown. We can all agree on that. He had a bad game. So now Look, we're making some progress, and I think you hit it on the head, Puma. And if you're going to reach that much, then let me go ahead and reach as well. Because I do believe Antonio Brown coming into that locker room fucked with that juju. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, so you're going to go ahead and call out a potential (laughs) mutiny, but I'm going to go ahead and say the juju's fucked up, so I'm... Get the fuck out of here. I do believe Antonio Brown walking into that locker room fuck with that energy, man. Energy is big. Chemistry is big in the NFL, and I know all the wide receivers, whereas Mike Evans or Godwin or Gronk are all like, yeah, sure, we're happy he's here. I don't think they're happy he's there. I really don't think he's happy, and I think he's fucking with that energy, man. He's fucking with that energy. What else can we say? Look, you guys are both way out in left field on this one. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> to say Antonio Brown is the reason they got spanked Thank by you. that much oh, this, is, this is a joke. This, this, this at the same mutiny happening. No, no, I'm not at the same time. Potential mutiny, Jay. Well, I'm saying, saying? <laughs> I'm saying that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they're not going to have the stones to stand up to the. A football god on the mountaintop of Mount Olympus of quarterback play. Look, and Bruce Arians doesn't give a shit. He's going to call people out all the time. He's the- on football life with Bruce Arians straight up telling people, if your football sucks, I'm going to tell you your football sucks. And he did that this time because Tom Brady's football sucked on Sunday. So Not you're giving a pass guy- on the coaching staff, but Brady laid an egg. So you're it's, the guy it is that, what it is. You're the guy that says, oh my god, he better not look at Mike Evans sideways ever again because he'll punch him in the face. Oh, so now all of a sudden Mike Evans is going to shut his mouth and have some sort of weird like... I hey, mean, I'll say this. He didn't, didn't yell, he didn't yell at Big Mike. I think he knew oh, what he had and yelling at him. Brandon. Go go, go grab some bike and... Hurt nah, nah, muscle, muscle relaxer. Muscle relaxer. It's different. I feel like a marriage counselor right now. <laughs> with you two. Well, welcome into our fold. Look, <laughs> this is, look. This is what happens on a weekly basis on the podcast. <laughs> Look, you're out in left field saying Antonio Brown is the reason they got spanked that bad. I 
I, I disagree with that. And to Puma, there's no mutiny going on. Brady has I'm not earned... saying there's a mutiny. No, no, listen, listen, listen. Brady, Brady has... Brady, nobody's going to call Brady out and scream with him on the sidelines. That's Let's be honest, well. all right? Like, Brady was bad in the game, all right? He was awful. He had three bad interceptions, clearly was not on the same page as his receivers on a bunch of those, on a few of those interceptions. But look, they ran the ball four times. That's like, a, that was an NFL record low for the amount of yeah, play calls that was, with runs. Was four now, times counting the kneel down or no? I think it was uh, I'd was. i have to look that up, but, but look, look, that's, that's squarely on the, on the coaching staff. I mean, I like to think that Brady's not audibling out of runs when they're down that much to try to, to try to make up, make up ground with, you know, with his receivers. It's proven that you need to be balanced to win in the NFL. They clearly went away from that early because they got down big quick. I put the loss on uh, put that loss on the on the coaching staff purely and I've said it from you know the minute that Brady signed down there that the coaching staff is a reason that this team is not going to win I'm starting to anything. see it Burge, I thought you were out, out on the left field on that but I think I'm starting to come around to that point of view man cuz that that was as bad as the game plan I've seen all year long for any team like there was absolutely no let's try to establish the run game maybe two runs here let's try to throw the ball I just I didn't like anything about that coaching um, plan on Sunday night I'm with you, 100%. Oh, we agree on something. Look at that. Hey, it's, a, it's all kumbaya here. No issues. Hey, hey <laughs> I like being the marriage counselor. I like finding I, I like finding like good in both of what you like say. I got a Dr. Drew of the Pro Dr. Burge. Dr. Burge. Dr. Dr. Burge. All right, let's move on to some Week 10 previews. You guys ready for the first game? Let's go. We got some Thursday night football. We've got the Indianapolis Colts at five and three going up against the Tennessee Titans at six and two. Puma, what is your takeaway on this game? Oh my God, I mean, it's it's a must-have it game. I mean, the this is a huge division mm -hmm. battle. Uh, you know, the Tennessee Titans they they kind of squeaked out a, a grinder of a, of a game against the Chicago Bears this week. Uh, one of my unders hit in that game. Thank God. Um, but I mean, they're going in this game. They don't know if Jadavian Clowney is going to be able to play. He might be slated for, you know, arthroscopic knee surgery, uh, which might put him out for this week and the next couple of weeks or God forbid full knee surgery. And he's out for the season. Um, and uh, on the Indianapolis side, they should have won that game against Baltimore and they kind of found ways to lose it. And one of those ways was, you know, referee assisted with, an interception for Marcus Peters that I don't think was an interception at all. Um, but, you know, Jonathan Taylor, he's kind of looking like Trent Richardson uh, of the NFL right now, of all this hype coming out of college, going into the NFL game, and uh, he's putting the ball on the ground. He's not living up to the uh, expectations of being drafted where he was. Um, but, you know, man, give me give me Tennessee in this game. I, I kind of like the Titans in this game. I, I, I think – all around coaching wise, I'm a huge Frank Reich mark, but I'm buying into what Mike Vrabel is doing down there in Tennessee. Uh, give me the Titans in this game, and uh, I, I don't even know what the over under is, but I, I'm going to take the uh, the under in this game as well too. Bird, what you got, I'm, man? I'm with you uh, with with you Puma on this one. I like obviously you heard my take on uh, on Tennessee earlier on with the uh, the previews for the playoffs. I love what they're doing down there. Um, I've said it before. I'm a huge Derrick Henry, Henry fan. Ryan Tannehill's a great story. I love me some AJ Brown. And to be honest with you, 
I am selling hard on this Indianapolis Colts team. I I think they're frauds. I don't think that their their record indicates how how you know how good or bad they are. Um, Jonathan Taylor, you know, bad fumble last week against the Ravens. I mean, they ended up getting beat. I think it was 24 to 10 in that game. It was close for a bit, but then it ended up falling down the wayside. Um, Philip Rivers, guy always finds a way to 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 get there and. Um, let's just say throw it away at the end of the year. Um, he never had success really in the playoffs. Um, look, did you see that interception? He th- or was it the fumble? Uh, Jonathan Taylor's fumble when he was trying to go make a towel tackle and he, uh, he pulled a Danny dimes and he wiped out on his own. I did see that. Yeah. Did you see he that? Was laying on, he, was he, he wiped out and he's, he's like, like, yeah, it was, it was like he was like playing with one of his kids in the living room. And he's just laying down like that. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I just, I, I am just, I, I, I don't buy anything into this Indianapolis Colts team. Like you, Brandon, I love Frank Reich, but no, give me Tennessee in this game. Give it to me at, uh, we'll say, uh, 24 to 13. So listen, I, I was looking at this game as well, and I think I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. Um, now, Derrick Henry last week only had 68 yards rushing against the Bears, but I do believe the Bears have a good front seven to negate that run, uh, running attack. But I, I think Derrick Henry is due for a big game, right? And if you look at the trend so far this year, week one he had 116 yards, uh, 84 next week, 119 next week, low again at 57 the week after that. The big game against Houston at 212 um, rushing yards, and he went back down to 75 yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers the next week, 112 last week against Cincinnati Bengals, and then at 68 against Chicago. So it's looking like one good game, one bad game, one good game, one bad game, and since he had a bad game against Chicago, I think he's going to come out firing with Derrick Henry with like 40 rushes, maybe like 150 yards plus. Um, it's looking like it's going to be a ground-and-pound game for the Titans, so give me the Titans. Probably someone in the realm of like a twenty-eight to seventeen. Okay. Yeah, I, I like it. I Let's... like it. I love I love Mike Vrabel down there, man. Uh, I love watching it. I, I know you do. Um, let's move on to some Buffalo Bills action against the Arizona Cardinals. Seven and two. Buffalo Bills coming off of a pretty big win against the Seattle Seahawks, and then the Arizona Cardinals are coming off a loss against the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, Puma, who you got in this game? Let's see. Oh, God. Um. I... I, I'm a I'm a Bills mark. Like oh, I mean, you know. it, let, it, let's no let's make no bones about it. I, I liked what I saw. I, I thought this offense finally got into a groove uh, against the uh, you know the Bills versus the Cardinals here and last week rather. But you know John Brown was healthy. Like we had a healthy John Brown. He got like 99 receiving yards. Stephon Diggs kind of came back you know into the fray uh, as normal. And, and Josh Allen looked great. He had one on the ground. Uh, he had four, uh, three touchdowns through the air, 400-plus yards. Uh, the defense is starting to come around a little bit. Uh, they've been brutal this year. Uh, but the Cardinals, man, they, there's just a plethora of, of weapons that he that Kyler Murray can go to, excluding himself. You, get, you got DeAndre Hopkins. You have whichever running back is going to be back there. And Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds, I'm kind of hoping it's Chase Edmonds this week, bounce back against this defense that really can't stop the run in the first place. Um, gun to head. I, I'm going with Buffalo, man. I'm, go, I'm going with the Bills. Uh, give, me the, give me the Buffalo Bills in this game. I think the Bills are two-point favorites in this game as well right now, too. Burge, what do you got in this game? Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Take it to the bank, baby. 
Arizona Cardinals are going to find a way to win this game. Oh. Look, the Buffalo Bills put up – Josh Allen put up those numbers against the worst defense in the league. All right? That Seattle defense did absolutely nothing to stop him against uh, against the Hawks last week. Give me Arizona in this game. Again, I'm not picking against the spread because I don't do that. But <laughs> give, give me Arizona with that offense. Like, you guys are probably going to rag on me a little bit on my uh, bullet segment later. But Chase Edmonds, if Kenyon Drake can't go, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, that offense – Man, they should have won against uh, against against the Dolphins this week, but they, uh, you know, they made a few mistakes. And you know, I like to think that they're going to correct those mistakes. Big believer in Kyler Murray. Take it to the bank. Give me Arizona in this game, 31 to 21. Listen, I I echo your sentiment that the Cardinals thoroughly outplayed the Dolphins. I think in every statistical category, if you look at it, you know, total yards 4-4-2 and three twelve for the Dolphins. Um, 264 passing yards to 221, 178 rushing yards for the Cardinals and 91 for the Dolphins. And, and I really don't understand how they lost this game, but I do think they're going to clean it up. Um, I, I think that game was an absolute beauty, one of the best games I've seen all year between the Dolphins and the Cardinals. It was back and forth, swaying back and forth. But I think the Cardinals, I'm, I'm, I'm on the, the bandwagon with you, so I think the Cardinals are going to beat the Bills this week. Probably somewhere in the realm of like a 31-24. Let's... Josh Allen is a fraud. Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to the 2-6 and six Los Angeles Chargers, finding another way to lose the game this past week against the Raiders, right? Yeah. Against no, the... Miami Dolphins. Miami it's Dolphins. A, it's Herbert no, versus Tua. This past week, the, the Chargers ended up losing. Oh, yeah, right? gotcha, 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 they, gotcha. The okay. Chargers and typical Chargers, um, Atlanta Falcons West fashion, lost on a last second throw to the end zone, and they lost a different story for a different day. But they're taking on the Miami Dolphins, a 5-3. Uh, Puma, who do you got in this game? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> listen, my Dolphins defense is awesome, all right? It's legit. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I love what Brian Flores is doing down there. I think you could make a case for him being a dark horse candidate as head coach of the year uh, for what he's been doing down in Miami with this uh, with this unit. Um, but, you know, the Chargers are going to charge her. Like, yeah. I, love, I love me Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. man, but – I mean, when it comes down to crunch time, dude, like they at at this point, they've blown more games mm-hmm. in the in the second half and blown more leads than the Atlanta Falcons, but the Falcons get all the notoriety because they did it on the grandest stage a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think Tua might be able to have a bit of a coming out party in this game, a little bit more than last week against the Cardinals. Uh, you know, Joey Bosa. Uh, I think he he's been questionable with an injury. I think he's going to be able to return to practice this week. We'll see if he's able to get a full a full round of practice going into this game. Uh, but I think we've seen enough mobility out of Tua versus the Cardinals last week that he can keep plays alive. Um, and I think you're going to get a little bit easier coverage wise uh, for for Devontae Parker, especially if Preston Williams misses with a foot injury. Uh, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Give me the Miami Dolphins in this game. The point spread is two and a half points. The Dolphins are favored by two and a half. The over-under is 48. Uh, give me give me the Dolphins. I don't know about the over. I kind of like the over in this game. So give me the over and the Dolphins uh, to win. Burge, what do you got? 
the the Chargers have shown me nothing to make me believe that they're going to actually close out a game this year. Um, Miami Miami has been a surprise in the league this year, I think, from uh, from standpoint on offense, on defense, everywhere. Um, I mean, their defense is pretty much running New England Patriots south, you know, with a lot of a lot of players that were with the Patriots last year, including like uh, like I don't know if Roe was there last year, but Roe has played with New England. You know, Kyle Van Noy, Landon Roberts down there. I like what their defense is doing. Tua has been a you know a great story for this team. I don't think anybody thought that he was going to start and win his first two games um, after they benched Fitzpatrick, which I mean I was one that was against that move for Same. for the for the team this season not necessarily long term but for this season um they have a great coach brian flores puma i agree with you i think he's a dark horse candidate for coach of the year in the in the league this year um and the chargers again haven't shown me anything to think that they can close out a game and you know their coaching staff you know probably front and center on that um obviously they've had some bad breaks but, uh, you know, give me Miami, my AFC East division champion uh, in this game. Kiss it give, it to me, right uh, <laughs> give it to me. Give it to me. Give me 24 to 13. I think Herbert's going to get shut down in this game. Yeah, listen, oh. I'm going to keep it sweet and simple. I agree with you guys. I mean, there's nothing I've seen from the Chargers to give me confidence. That they're going to win any sort of games anytime soon. Um, they're they're in it. They're so close, man. This past week against the Raiders, they essentially, you know, Herbert had a great throw in the end zone that was dropped by the receiver for the game uh, go, going ahead uh, winning touchdown. So I don't see any way the Chargers are going to win this game, especially the fact that they're going to fly from the West Coast to the East Coast for, was it 1 o'clock game or is it a 4 or 5? Uh, it is a four it is where the hell is it i just had it up here 405 yeah regardless i mean they're, they're going cross country that's that's like one of the longest flights in the united states from you know los angeles down to miami um so and i like what i see out of miami so far i think their defense is balling out of control i do think if they keep playing this well then brian Forbes is going to win the uh coach of the year award and, and i think they gave uh, to a, a little more freedom this past week i mean his numbers turned out to be fairly good he was 20 of 28 248 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I wish I would see something more out of the running game, though. They definitely got to help him <laughs> out and protect him with that running game. Um, but I think I'm taking the, the Dolphins here. Give me somewhere in the realm of like a 24 to a 17 game. Awesome. Awesome. Let's... Yeah, I'm also waiting for the running game, by the way. So. <laughs> and I, it might show up next year. You never know. Who knows? <laughs> Let's move on to the uh, six and two Seattle Seahawks taking on the five and three Los Angeles Rams. Seahawks coming off of a devastating loss to the Buffalo Bills, um, and then the Rams were on a bye week, so nothing to report there. Uh, Puma, who do you got uh, on this game? All right, I don't feel comfortable saying this. Oh God! But uh, here Long we go. Take, Take it to the, the bank, Los, Los Angeles Rams, winning, winning this game. game. All right, now here, here, here I am with the the mental gymnastics that's going on. Now, we all love us some Russell Wilson. The Russell Let Russ Cook phenomenon has taken over the NFL. I believe he actually trademarked that mm-hmm. phrase. He's going to donate it to a charity of some sort. But this defense is brutal. This mm-hmm. defense is absolutely atrocious. And in, in order for the Seattle Seahawks to win a football game, Russell Wilson has to have his A game every time they play, every single snap of the game. And over the last two weeks, I believe he has combined for seven uh, turnovers, a couple through the air, 
uh, you know, interception wise, and he put the ball in the ground a couple of times, and and that's really what set them in a hole last week against the uh, the Buffalo Bills, and they're going into a defense that has a ball hawking secondary led by uh, you know Jalen Ramsey. Aaron Donald is still on that defensive front, and it's not like there's a bunch of slouches on that defensive front for the Los Angeles Rams either. I think they would be able to create some havoc in there uh, for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I think DK Metcalf is probably going to end up getting shadowed by uh, Jalen Ramsey, so you're really going to have to you know, live and die with Tyler Lockett in this game uh, and, uh, and Will Disley, the tight end. He's been coming along from his Achilles injury last year. But nobody knows what they're going to do on the running back situation because Chris Carson may miss this game with the foot injury. Carlos Hyde, the ghost of Carlos Hyde, he might miss with a hamstring. It might be the DJ Dallas show again. Um, I, I know Jared Goff has been, when he's on, he's on. And when he's off, he's brutal, like Rex Grossman style. Um, but I, based on what I've seen with this defense, and I think Daryl Henderson and uh, – and, you know, Malcolm Brown might be able to get a little bit more run against this defense. Uh, and I like me some Cooper Cup in this game. I, give me the Rams. I think right now, while we were recording, the point spread changed from plus two uh, for the Seahawks to the, the Seahawks are now a point and a half uh, underdog. But give me give me the Rams as a take it to the bank uh, bet this week. I'm betting the money line. I'm not taking the points, though. Interesting. Look, the Seahawks offense in, you know, to me, even if DK Metcalf is going to get shattered by Ramsey in this game, I like, I like, you know, Tyler Lockett out there. I like Greg Olson along with Disley at tight end um, for them. I, you know, the Rams, the Rams also have a dynamic passing offense too. If, you know, Jared Goff is, is on his game. They have, you know, Cooper Cup out there. You have, you have uh, Robert Woods also out there that, that you know that can be a playmaker for that offense. Um, you know, I'm not sold on the Rams' running attack against the Seahawks' defense. I mean, you look at what what the Bills did last week, and you know, in a 44-point showing against against the Seahawks. You know, I mean, they you know the Zach Moss was their leading rusher uh, with 18 yards on nine carries. I mean, combined with all their backs, they 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 averaged two yards or less a carry. Um, and I'm not sold that Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, uh, you know, can, can can get that going for the Rams. Um, I like this to be a offensive shootout. I love me some DK Metcalf. He's going to find a way to score a touchdown. He managed to do it late in garbage time last week against the Seahawks. I, I, I like a I like a 35 to 31 uh, Seahawks win in this game. I think that they're going to find a way to win. It's clearly between them and the Cardinals for the division in my eyes. Give me the Seahawks here. Yeah, I think I'm leaning Seahawks as well, um, and I'm a little weary just because, you know, at the end of the day, the the only real way the Seahawks team is going to win is if they're going to win in shootouts, and I think, I think Russell Wilson would have won that game in Buffalo if he didn't have those brutal turnovers, right? I believe he had, what, like two interceptions that were pretty brutal, and they lost by 10 points, so... Uh, I am very concerned about this uh, Seattle Seahawks defense. Um, I do believe if you give, you know, 415 yards to Josh Allen of all people, then you have a pretty shitty defense. So I do believe that uh, Jared Goff is going to be able to take advantage of that. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be high scoring. But at the end of the day, I'm going to put my faith in Russell Wilson. And I think it's going to be more in the 40s, like a 44, maybe like a 42 to a 35 kind of game. Oh, you're hitting the over. Okay. The over-under is set at 55 and a half. Oof. I, I would I would take the over in that game too. I would yeah, take it too. I think so. Over. That's a fairly low under over under, right? 
Uh, it's one of the, the one of the highest on the board. It's behind Bills Cardinals. Bills Cardinals is at fifty six for an oh, over. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the final game of the, uh, of oh. the Week 10 slate. The 6-2 oh. Baltimore Ravens coming into Foxborough to take on the 3-5 and up-and-coming, surging New England Patriots. Who do you got winning this game, fellas? Not New England. I'll start. You want me to start? You want me to start with this one? Have at it, Burr. Just, just begin the Patriots Anonymous fan club. Easy. Look, it was great to feel that win this week against a winless Jets team. Um, you know, the offense really showed me something that they have some fight left in them and that they can actually make plays, you know, when they need to. That being said, I have a hard time liking this matchup for the New England Patriots. Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins back there, Gus Edwards. Is, is Ingram going to play in this game? I don't think he's going to, right? I don't think so. I think he might miss this game. They're going to give him a try of practice, but I wouldn't bank on it. I think that's going to be irrelevant in this game. The Patriots have done zero to show me that they can actually stop a team that has serious running strength um, for you know moving the ball down the field. I mean, granted, Lamar Jackson has regressed a bit this year. Um the Patriots defense really needs to get healthy. They need to get Lawrence Guy back. They need to get uh, they need to get Stephon Gilmore back. Um, you know, I'm gonna reluctantly take Baltimore in this game just because I don't have the faith that the Patriots can muster enough defense to actually stop the running attack of the um, of the Ravens. I like the secondary in this game. Granted, how bad they were this past week. I like them to shut down the passing attack of the Ravens. Maybe that that helps them finally squeak out a victory. Um, but I, I, if I'm a bet man, I'm taking Baltimore in this game, and I I want to say we'll. See, I think that New England will put up some points. I'm going to say 28 to 17 for the Ravens in this game. It hate it kills me to pick the Ravens, but I gotta I gotta be uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I gotta be um, blinded here when I make my pick avoid the bias Puma your turn sir uh, I, I think this is Baltimore's game uh, I think this is probably a get right spot for the Baltimore running attack they've, they've looked off kilter all year long this offense has looked off kilter off all year long and a lot of people were saying that this might be because they they rely so much on the tight end that they're really missing Hayden Hurst right now and uh, I, I think there there is legitimacy to that argument um but i I think this is a get right game for the baltimore ravens rushing attack we saw it on monday night yesterday uh when frank gore the ageless wonder frank gore is able to have uh, a bit of a day on the ground and lamichael piran is able to have a bit of a day on the ground and this is with an offensive line the jets that's without their first round draft pick makai beckton who is a mountain of a human, um, I, I think they're going to have their hands full against Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And, you know, all those accolades being said about Cam Newton getting his feet on the ground in this offense, I think those uh, takes are going to be coming back down to earth rather quickly in this game against Baltimore. Uh, the point spread is, you know, seven. I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore just ran wild on the on them and just obliterated that point spread. Uh, give me the Baltimore Ravens in this game. 
Well, first of all, before I get to my pick, is this game going to be flexed out of Sunday Night Football, or they, is this too late for them to flex out of Sunday Night Football? Um, I think it's too late. I think it's I think too it's late. Too late. They had to flex it last week. Okay. All right, America. I like Dear you. God, all this right. is how parlays are busted. Whoa! whoa what are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't say anything yet. I just said one word. I said I'm America. A, I'm preparing everybody. I said America. The, what is that? That if if you get to the Sunday night game and you have the option to cash out, hit cash out. <laughs> Listen, America. I like you. Okay. I know you're struggling financially right now with the Here COVID, but. What I want you to do is I want you to take out a second mortgage on your house. I want you to take all that money and I want you to put it on the Patriots because take it to the bank. The New England Patriots are going to win two games in a row and beat the Baltimore Ravens. And the reason why is because I truly, truly do not have any faith in Lamar Jackson. I'm really concerned with what we're seeing with Lamar Jackson. Like the book is out on him now. You essentially play as aggressive as possible in the line of scrimmage. You make him throw outside the numbers and deep, and he has no chance of beating you. The game, the way that this game is going to be won for the Baltimore Ravens is going to be through ground and pound. And I think, I think after one game that we won against the Jets, I think we're going to be able to ground and pound better than they can. I think that we're going to have Sony Michelle coming back. I think he's going to come back off IR a little refreshed. I think he's going to get some carries. And I think, take it to the bank, the Patriots are going to win in a low-scoring game somewhere in the realm of 21-17. to 17. So, America... I know, I know you're hurting right now, but just listen to me. Take that money, put it on the Patriots, you'll be happy. Thank me later. I'm just Look. saying, we're not getting any stimulus money anytime soon. Okay? <laughs> so, Look. And they're not, nobody's living in my house except me. Listen, Look. I love America. I'm just trying to help out. Puma, you were a little bit off with saying that Frank Gore and the Michael P. Ryan had a day against the Patriots this past week. And, you know... I echo you, Jay, when it comes to Lamar Jackson and seeing the the regression that we're seeing this year. And I, I think it's bad for the league. Um, you know, you want these young quarterbacks to be able to, you know, continue their success. But you hit it right on the head. I mean, if the Patriots can find a way to force him to throw the ball outside, I mean, they got a chance to win in this game. I mean, they force him to throw, they're going to play into the strength of the Patriots' defense. Mm -hmm. And... Again, I picked the Ravens in this game, but boy, oh boy, next week, if the Patriots win, I will be the first one out here gloating about my L for this one. I will be gloating about it if they can find a way to win this game. I mean, Joe Flacco looked like Joe Montana on Monday night, so I don't think it's that bit of a stretch to, to have Lamar Jackson throw the ball a bit. Uh, I mean, hey, the ageless wonder Frank Gore was able to run on this defense. Like, I, You know... Maybe if Kyle Duggar has a little bit more snaps, maybe if Chase Winovich... 12, 12 carries, 46 yards. Hey, considering that this team was supposed to be smothered by this defense, hey, they were able to run on this team, and they're going to be going up against a better running attack in the Baltimore Ravens. I think this is the perfect get-right spot. And uh, like I said before, Jay hit his money in the take it to the bank. If you have the option to cash out before Sunday night... Cash out. No, 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 America. Do not listen to the Puma, okay? America. Let it ride, baby. I have your back. Let it ride. Let it ride into the poorhouse. To be prosperous. I know we're all struggling right now. Just listen to me. Take out that second mortgage and take out that second mortgage and put it on the Patriots, okay? I might do that. Even though I picked the Ravens, I might do it. Speaking of taking to the bank, we are gonna go transition over to the segment that is sweeping the nation. Take it to the bank parlay. Puma, what you got this week? 
So this week, as you heard on the podcast, we have the first leg. We have Burgess, uh, Arizona Cardinals beating the Buffalo Bills. He's taking the money line. I'm taking the money line this week. The Los Angeles Rams over the Seattle Seahawks. Cha-ching. Take that to the bank. And if you are ballsy enough to let the parlay ride, uh, Jay is saying take out a second, third, and fourth mortgage on your house uh, to put the money down on the New England Patriots. Now, we hit our first ever take it to the bank parlay last week with Burge taking the New Orleans Saints over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I took the Buffalo Bills plus three. And Jay, by the skin of their teeth, the New England Patriots eked out a win <laughs> against the New, the New York Jets. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's a take it to the bank parlay. If you, be right next week. <laughs> if you're feeling a bit ballsy and you want to dab your toe into the teaser parlay, I kind of like the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers plus two and a half with the Buffalo Bills at two. Tease those guys with uh, basically down to they can't lose by more than eight points or so. If you want to do a little bit of a teaser parlay, do that and uh, and have at it. Very nice, very nice. And then finally, the other segment sweeping the nation, Bullets with Birch. So who you got in the fantasy realm this week? All right, so for our fantasy topics this week, I'm going to give you my lock for the week. We're going to go through some start and sit start or sit uh, questions from uh, from the guys here on the podcast. And then uh, any trade questions coming up because uh, it's pretty common uh, week 10 being a trade deadline in uh, in the fantasy world. Um, you know, depending on the style of league you're in, could very well be the trade deadline. So to start it off, my fantasy lock for the week, give me Keenan Allen of the Los Angeles Chargers. This guy, this guy, the last three weeks is a target whore. 13 targets, 12 targets, 11 targets the last three weeks. And in those games, respectively, 10 catches, 9 catches, 9 catches. This guy, especially in the PPR format, is money in the bank. Um, If you have him on your roster, please make sure you don't bench him in this game. I mean, you're probably not if you have him. If you have the opportunity to trade for him, I think it's a good play. The guy has scored the last two weeks, and even when he doesn't score, he catches 10 balls and 125 yards. So give me Keaton Allen as a lock this week to perform against the Miami Dolphins. Even if even if the Chargers don't win this game, he's good, he's good for you know seven, eight, nine catches, you know, and a touchdown in this game. That's 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 the lock for the week right there, boys. All right. Okay. Let me ask you a question. I need a tight end because I picked up who's what's his nuts last week. Um, Hayden uh, Hayden Hurst last week, but he's on a bye this week, so mm-hmm. I'm back in the realm of trying to find a tight end. Here is who I can put a claim in for. I have Dallas Goddard available. I've got Eric Ebron available, and I've got Austin Hooper available. Who do I go after? Ooh, see a lot of these tight ends. The way that way it works, and and you know for me anyways, you know you have your. You have your Travis Kelseys of the league, and you have your George Kittle when he's healthy of the league, where they're like that top echelon of of tight ends. Um, for me, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's health, you know, notwithstanding in this uh, in this discussion here, I mean, I think he's going to be okay to play unless he tests positive for the virus. Um, 
I like I like Eric Ebron here just because of of the potential of that Steelers offense to actually put up points. Um, you know, Austin Hooper, not a bad play either. Um, there's, you know, a couple other tight ends there in Cleveland. And of course the uncertainty of how Baker Mayfield is actually going to show up and play, um, you know, this Sunday. Um, but yeah, give me, give me Eric Ebron there. I, I like his potential there. He, you know, he gets some targets from, from big Ben. And I, I think he had a touchdown this past week. You know, give me, give me Ebron there. Okay. I've already put my waiver. And then second question for me, and I need you to come through on this because last week he kind of fucked me over with that Chase Edmonds thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Chase Edmonds wasn't that bad. He right, was I'll a consistent you, running back. He was a low floor, high ceiling play. He gave you your points. He gave you. He gave me. I think. Uh, I think he gave me eleven points in this game. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, solid play. Don't 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 bash the Chase Edmonds pick here. Come on. I've got three running backs, and I have two open spots. Who am I starting? Um, D. Harris uh, out of uh, New England. If he's healthy, obviously, right? That's big. Mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds or Joe Mixon. Which two right, well, am I playing if they're healthy? Well, uh, I haven't seen Joe Mixon. Did, did he play this past week? He didn't play, but he's questionable for stuff coming. No, he week. was on a bye. Yeah, he was on a okay. bye, but he missed the last two weeks going into it. I like to think that if if, if Joe Mixon's healthy, you smash that one. You got to play him. Okay. You got to play Joe Mixon and there if he's healthy. Second running back. Second running back. Um, who was it again? It was Damian Harris and, and uh, Chase Edmonds. Edmonds. Yep. Um. Again, it depends on Kenyon Drake's health. Mm-hmm. Um, if Kenyon Drake is not playing this game, give me Chase Edmonds again, baby. I'll smash that. Damian Harris, we know we know that the Patriots have a hard time picking uh, who they want to play in the game. I mean, especially if Sonny Michelle's coming back. Um, if you know, I'll be honest with you, I am a stay away fade any New England running back in in fantasy, at least over the last five or so years. Obviously, this year is different, no Brady. But give me Chase Edmonds here if Kenyon Drake is not healthy because of the volume. He's going to get volume. He's going to get touches out of the out of the backfield. He's going to get rushes. He's going to get catches. You have more upside playing, playing Chase Edmonds there than you do Damian Harris when you really don't know how the Patriots are actually going to use him. Okay. And then last question, and then I'll let Puma go if he has any questions. Am I starting AJ Brown or Kenny Galladay if Galladay is healthy? If both are healthy, which one am I starting? Oh, smash AJ Brown. Yeah, because I feel like smash Detroit's it. going away from. I think like uh, Marvin Jones is getting quite a bit of looks lately. Marvin Jones be getting looks. I mean, he's always been. A, he's always been. He's always been there getting looks. Uh, even when Galladay's healthy, Galladay's health is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, AJ Brown is is something else down there. Boy, why did the Patriots not draft him over Nikhil Harry? But anyways. Could be set for like four Smash that. Well. Could be set for DK Metcalf. Could be set for yep. Terry McLaurin and like three others. Smash AJ Brown here. Okay. He that dude has got that dude is 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 the next coming of uh of DK Metcalf in my eyes. God, I, I'm so lucky to have firsthand expert advice from the bullet himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Puma, got any questions? All right, Burge. Yeah, I, I I got a couple. I gotta get off my chest here. All right, so. Burge, like you said, we're going into the trade deadline here. Now, if you're in a 12-team league like myself, uh, there's a lot of teams that are at, you know, four and five. They're just on the outside looking in for the playoff spot. And Chris Carson, in you know, prior to this season, has been in a run-first offense in the Seattle Seahawks. Now, if they're able to ever get a lead or if, you know, Chris Carson has showed himself catching balls out of the backfield – 
Would you trade for Chris Carson if you're on the team, if one of those teams on the outside looking in? Would you trade for a Chris Carson? Would you trade for a Kenyon Drake or a Joe Mixon to try to put you over the top and put all those chips into the pot to get to the playoffs? So, so with that, um, I, I would, I would need to know how these teams are are composed and constructed going forward. If you're trading for Chris Carson to be your guy, I'm a little apprehensive because he's been dinged up and let's be honest if chris carson goes out there again and plays and he gets dinged up again i could very well see that happening um if you're if if you're trading for him to be more of your flex play or like an rb2 and again depending what you're giving up uh uh to receive him uh, you know i mean if you're giving up stuff that you're you're not really focusing on your 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 week-to-week lineup outside of buys then you know he might be worth a flyer and he might be worth a buy low flyer and it's the same with 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 Joe Mixon and Kenyon Drake. Now Kenyon Drake's a whole nother thing. I mean you know where I stand with the with the running back situation mm-hmm. in Arizona. I want to see Chase Edmonds get the rock and be the focal point of that offense out of the backfield. But you know it, it's it's classic buy low. If you're giving up pieces that you don't need to rely on every week to start in your lineup. I mean. If you are giving up pieces that you are relying on, if you have somebody on your bench that you know could easily fill in and you could rely on week to week, then then it's worth the risk in my eyes. What about Josh Jacobs? Would you trade for him? There's a guy on my team, uh, in my league, that's uh, towards the bottom. I think he is six and three because uh, we're going into week ten at this point, and he's got Josh Jacobs. If he's frustrated with the production, it, would you consider Josh Jacobs a buy low and what kind of players would you give up to get him, if so? Are, are we a keeper league, or is this like a standard no, redraft? No, redraft, redraft. Okay, okay. Yes, I would buy on Josh Jacobs. Um, I like him. I actually have him in, in a couple of my leagues um, to, to move forward. In fact, he actually killed me this week in, in another league that I'm in. I'm in five leagues, so, you know, i got to have trouble keeping track of each of them. Um, I would give up. I would definitely would if I have depth at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, given it, you know, whether you're PPR or not, um, if I have depth at my wide receiver position, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely make that move because, you know, at the end of the day, running backs are what make or break, uh, fantasy teams in my eyes. Fact. All right. Uh, now DJ Moore, he was projected this season and and I drank that Kool-Aid and I'm kind of paying for it as a potential breakout player. You could draft him in the third round of a redraft and kind of set it and forget it. Joe Brady's going to unlock this guy, and he's going to have a have a year. Um, is DJ Moore benchable at this point? You know he's he he has he has significant upside play um, in my eyes. I mean, he, you know, at any point he, he you know he turned he's kind of turned into a little bit of a deep threat there in Carolina. Um, where he's going to hit the big play, and you know you you got to rely on a touchdown out of him to you know get your points. Now, is your league PPR? Yeah, full point, one point. Okay, yeah. full point, full point PPR. Now, if you were asking me which Carolina Panthers receiver I want in a full point PPR league, I'm smashing Robbie Anderson there, mm-hmm. because he's a possession receiver. He gets the targets and he makes the catches. Um, DJ Moore has been more of a a a boomer bust play this year. I feel. Um, I've been trying to. Uh, to trade for him in, in, you know, one of my dynasty leagues, um, you know, cause he was on a favorable contract moving forward, you know, going into next season. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say benchable unless you have, you know, you know, somebody sitting on your bench who, 
who who has more of a floor, so to speak. I mean, you're you're it's hard it's hard to sit a guy like that down. You know he's a focal point of that offense. You know he's going to get targets and he's going to make plays and he's you know he's probably good for a touchdown. You know you know in in your games. But if you have other options that you want to compare against him, I mean, then you then you have a discussion. You know, do I sit him down versus you know put him in my lineup? Gotcha. Would you start T Higgins over DJ Moore? Because that's kind of where I'm at in life right now. <laughs> T Higgins got has Pittsburgh. Granted, Pittsburgh might not have Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, and then you have DJ Moore facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh, that's a tough play right there. I think I think I'd roll the dice with T Higgins there. Um, you that's know, kind of where I'm at life too. I'm I have T Higgins as one of my flexes right now over DJ Moore. I like I I like the Buccaneers defense to not play as bad as they did against uh, the Saints this past week. I like to think that they bounce back a little bit uh, against the Panthers. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has been kind of hit or miss. Uh, this year in terms of like, you know, in terms of how I view him playing, but um, you know, Joe Burrow loves T Higgins. I think that's evident. I think AJ Green has obviously fallen out a bit there in, in Cincinnati. So it's basically T Higgins and in Tyler board T T T Higgins has been a nice, uh, nice rookie. That's kind of come out this year uh, at the wide receiver position. Uh, Granted, there were a bunch of receivers um, in the past draft that you liked, but I, I probably would lean T. Higgins there just because uh, I'm a little worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense going against uh, against Carolina this week. Same. Uh, real quick, last two quick questions here. Uh, if you are a manager that has Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake, and they're going up against the Buffalo Bills, who have been brutal against the run this season, is it too crazy to start both of those running backs, one as the RB2 and one as the flex play? Uh, see, uh, I, I, I don't like starting two backs on the same team. There's probably one instance where I would actually consider doing it, and it's in New Orleans with Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, mm-hmm. uh, just because Latavius Murray can poach touchdowns away from Kamara at the goal line. Um, I, I, I don't like I, – I've never been a huge fan of it. Um, I say if, if, if one of them is if, – if, if Drake doesn't play, I'm starting Edmonds. But if Drake plays, I'm probably leaving Edmonds on my bench, gotcha. just because he doesn't get he doesn't get the touches and the looks without without um, you know with with Drake in there. If if Drake's out, Edmonds gets a majority of the touches, and if if Drake's in there, I mean Edmonds, you basically are touchdown or bust at that point. Gotcha. Last question: If if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play this week because he got he left the game on Sunday mm-hmm. against the Chiefs with a shoulder injury. Are we just setting and forgetting Mike Davis against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week? I am. He's an RB one. I mean, he's a starting running back in the league. I'm setting and forgetting that. I mean, he he's been productive uh, in McCaffrey's uh, absence. He's been very productive, uh, as a matter of fact. I'm I, I would smash that even even when McCaffrey was out there. I mean, Mike Davis was still getting looks, um, you know, on the offense. And you know, Mike Davis is an easy play for me at that point. You know, you almost have to, to, to kind of if, – if you don't have any other better options, you, you have to play the starting running back. And he would be the, the guy there in Carolina should McCaffrey not be able to go. Gotcha. So start Davis over any Arizona running back this week? Uh, 
Right. Again, <laughs> I, no, no. I, I see. See now you're now you're putting me at, you're putting me against myself here. I like it. Uh, I would take. I would. I would. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna double down on my Chase Edmonds play. I'm. I'm gonna stick okay. with Chase Edmonds oh, over Mike Davis there. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with that. And you know, if I gotta take the L on it, I'll take the L on it. But I'm sticking with with Chase Edmonds. I'm a huge fan of him. But if you have the ability to play both, do it. Okay. Okay. Ken right, and Drake's healthy. It's different. <laughs> okay. Brian, do you know how lucky we are to get expert fantasy advice from a man that taught Matthew Barry everything he knows? I mean, we're bad. Matthew Barry ain't got nothing on me. Matthew Barry, the race of glory. I'm, I'm just like, I'm saying. <laughs> Stop, Burge. All right, cool. Uh, you guys want to get to anything else, or do you guys want to plug this up and call it a night? I, I got I, unless Please you got any other bullets. 91 minutes. <laughs> well then, we're good up. to go. <laughs> I'm just trying to this be nice episode, here. This <laughs> episode, this episode of the podcast, the previous ones can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube under Pro Football Radio Podcast. Social media wise, Facebook and Instagram, uh, you can find us under Pro Football Radio Podcast. Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. Now, Burge, I'm 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 a senior, but I think I, I got this. It's at Burge the goalie, correct? You got it. I was wondering when the time was going to come when you were going to remember my Twitter handle. I'm you proud know, of you. It, 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 you know, sometimes it's got to teach the old dog new tricks. At Burge <laughs> the goalie, you can follow him for great, you know, Twitter banter going back and forth with his boy Adam Jones. He's always up <sighs> in there. Talking Ugh. about the Pats and destroying me a little bit about my takes on uh, Monday Night Football with the Jets. But no, great follow at Burge the Goalie, at Brando underscore Puma, at Jay Chima. Like, subscribe, download, hit us up in the DMs. Any questions you've got, we'll answer them on this podcast. Any fantasy relevant questions, Burge will also give you a quick bullet with Burge on the pod, on social media. We got you all covered on all of these platforms here. Wonderful. That does it for Podcast 67. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Via con Dios.